Hey everyone, real quick before I start this episode, I just wanted to issue a correction for the previous episode, The Human Experience. At around the 15 minute mark, I said that the cultural experiences in human life are a uniquely human thing, uh, and as something that I just pulled out of my ass that isn't entirely true. There are other animals that do indeed have culture, or some analog to human culture, wherein new behaviors are shared socially between members of a group. So culture is not unique to humans, but I think it's fair to say uh, that human culture is definitely something very unique in the animal kingdom. Because, I, I mean, look look at what humans have done. Uh, that I think that was my my main point, but I want to thank Caroline for the correction, uh, and I hope that clears things up. Now, on to the show, or the episode, I don't I don't know. Hello, you're listening to Space for Rant, a stream of self-consciousness, where we cover topics from the mundane to the taboo, from the distant to the deeply personal. I'm Jacob, your host. Hello, 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 listeners. This is, um... Believe it or not, my third try at this episode. Uh, it's been it was a long story. The first try, I I wrote a script. It was supposed to be a little more dramatic and emotional. Uh, however, it just turned out to be uh, very miserable, and I did not like it. And then I tried to sit here and just talk at the mic, and kind of turned out a big jumbled mess. So. I decided that I would do what I did for the other two episodes and write a list of points that I wanted to cover in an order because, hell, that seems to work out very well. And also now I have a chance to look at the thing I'm trying to talk about in a more positive light rather than just immediately go to the negatives. The title I gave to this topic is The Loneliness Trap, and... Uh, Just a warning, this episode will cover topics of loneliness, uh, a little bit of mental illness, uh, intimacy, and as such, it's going to get very uh, personal. It's going to talk about things like my sex life. So keep that in mind. If you're someone who really doesn't want to hear that, you can skip that. I'm not going to go into deep details, just very surface level, because frankly, I mean, there's not much going on. Uh... And that's what the episode is about. Uh, if those are things that you don't want to listen to, then feel free to skip. I, I don't care. I won't be hurt. And now let's get on to the topic. You might remember from episode two about human experience, I brought up a point about how I think intimacy is an important part of being human and experiencing human things. Now, it's a little goofy for me to say that because I don't have uh, a lot of experience with intimacy. Even with my limited experience, I do think it's something that I appreciate, that I want in my life. And I understand that not everybody is like that. Uh, there's There was something I brought up in an old Facebook post before I deleted that and moved to here, mentioning something about uh, lack of intimacy and... Uh, somebody commented, a little concerned, uh, wanted me to make sure that I knew it was something that I wanted rather than something 
that society was pressuring me to do because there is some societal pressure. I won't deny that. Societal pressures say that I probably should not be making this podcast, that this is too personal, too too taboo, too this or that. I don't care. My philosophy has led me to pursue this as an extension of myself, my mind, my creative spirit, my soul. So I'm going to do this. And I'm going to feel how I feel about intimacy, regardless of what society says I should or shouldn't think. I also want to refine the loneliness I want to talk about. Uh, There's really two lonelinesses that have been major effects in my life. There's uh, the first loneliness that was experienced with the extreme manifestations of my social anxiety. That was during my freshman year of college. It was pretty much the the worst year of my life so far. I couldn't make friends. I didn't have any new friends at school. I was surrounded by all these other freshmen who were succeeding academically, uh, friendship-wise, socially. They were doing stuff, and I just did not have the, the tools or the ability to, or the confidence to make friends with strangers and I I felt awful for a lot of that year but that loneliness was some of the worst uh, feelings of isolation that I've felt and this loneliness I want to talk about on this episode isn't that it's a different type it's loneliness in uh, the lack of intimacy, emotional intimacy and physical intimacy, just romance, intimate things in general. That's the loneliness I'm here to talk about today. It's a lot less extreme because the loneliness from freshman year, the friend loneliness, was partly a cause of having a very limited support network. And without a support network, it's hard to deal with the effects of that loneliness. So it's a it's a negative, it's a positive feedback of a negative emotion. But after that year, that summer, I started on a new medication and that made it much easier for me to immerse myself in anxiety inducing situations. And that exposure therapy was key for bringing me to the place I am now. Where I was six years ago that year, I am a totally different person. I've transformed. I have an ability now to make friends and to not care about what people think about me in a certain capacity. But the loneliness I'm here to focus on today is an entirely different type. Whether it's because I have the tools now to deal with loneliness in a more general sense perhaps, or maybe it's because I have a support network or I have other things going on in my life, this loneliness is much easier to deal with. It doesn't make me miserable. Sometimes it'll it'll build up and catch up to me, but I can recover from that. It's not as if I'm sitting here reminiscing about times gone by when when I had people I was intimate with in my life. I'm I'm just inexperienced 
sexuality has been a difficult thing for me as I've grown up. Just like my social anxiety was a thing when I was younger that I, I had to work hard to deal with. This is the new thing, the new battle that I have to fight. It's not a great example at all of what I'm trying to achieve, but think of think of a pride parade and all the people, LGBTQ plus people in this parade being proud of who they are and, and what they stand for, people they love in solidarity with themselves and with their brethren. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. In, in, you know, there's, there's people that say, oh, gay people are shoving their sexuality in my face. I, yeah, I'm sure somebody is, but that's not what the, not what the pride parade is for. I'm kind of jealous of that. I, I'm not saying that I want a straight pride p- parade. If, I mean, if somebody wants to have a straight pride parade, it, I would say that's kind of goofy. I'm not going to take part, but I, I am regardless jealous of pride parades that just the, the confidence in that, in yourself and this part of you, the sexuality, it is a, a beautiful form of expression. And I don't necessarily want to express my sexuality in the same way. I just want to be able to express my sexuality at all. Now you may be wondering, and I'm certainly wondering, dude, why are you thinking so much about sex and sexuality? Why do you care so much about intimacy? Well, there's two parts to that. There's the physical intimacy the sex, the sexuality. The sexuality might not be such a physical thing, but sex definitely is. Sex is a natural biological process that has arisen over billions of years of natural selection. And we, as humans and other animals, have turned it into more of a cultural phenomenon. Not cultural between uh, different populations, of course, uh, we we do see in different human cultures how sex is treated differently. But I, I mean, it's a cultural phenomenon worldwide. The entire human population, it, that's, it's in our brains. So while I don't necessarily feel a drive to reproduce, I do feel a drive to engage in uh, physical intimacy. There's also the emotional intimacy component, and I don't know if this is necessarily how you would classify it, but I would put things like uh, relationships, long-term or short-term. I think short-term might lean more towards physical generally, but I'm no expert. Emotional intimacy, I'm not sure if that really has much basic physical biological drive but you would think that there there would be some sort of benefit to forming emotional bonds why else would we be doing it for millions of years other animals do it i mean probably not i mean we shouldn't be classifying animal monogamy or polygamy or any gametes with other animals because that's it's anthropomorphizing too much 
I mean, it may be anthropomorphizing, but I don't think we can deny that animals do seem to benefit from having deep emotional bonds with other animals. You have cats that uh, you can't you can't give away a pair of cats if they're if they're a bonded pair. Humans want the same thing, so it is it is a, a natural thing. And the the problem, if you want to call it that, that I'm facing is. I'm 23, I, I've never had sex, I've never had a girlfriend, I don't know the, the nitty gritty of these experiences, I don't know all of the emotions that come out of it, I want to. I was talking to a friend the other day and realizing that I need to go out and see the rest of the whole damn country. It's part of human experience. It's part of the human experiences that I want to achieve in my life. There's the traveling to see culture, see your own damn country. There's the desire to have an emotional, physically intimate connection with another person. I don't want to feel trapped in this loneliness trap. I want to break free. I want to feel these things. But what is the trap? I named the whole damn episode after it. What is this loneliness trap and how, how do I get out? The loneliness trap from my social anxiety wasn't something that had to be solved from outside. It was something I had to work on and I had to process with my brain to finally be able to understand that I have the tools, I have the knowledge, I have the confidence to socialize, to talk to strangers, to do anything social. And now I need to start looking at this trap I'm sitting in and process that. So here are some major components that I determined were part of or that I thought were part of this trap. If I want to look at the very start of this problem, I would go back to about second grade. I had a crush on a girl in my class. My parents heard about it and they teased me. And I know that's something that, at least in my family, it hasn't happened to just me, but parents and other adult relatives will usually tease you about it because it is it is cute when when a kid is starting to develop these feelings and of course kids get embarrassed about it whether it's my social anxiety or something else i couldn't just work past it i was totally humiliated it taught me that having a crush on someone feeling attracted to someone was something you laughed at in other people it was something to make fun of it taught me to keep that shit inside to myself and never let it out. Pretty much forever after that, that sexuality has just been sitting only inside me where it's developed on its own. But I don't have any ability, any tools, any knowledge to express that outwardly. So while growing up all through school, high school and college, I was, I was aware that 
I was not outwardly sexual. I, I was called prudish by some friends, jokingly, and I didn't take it so personally. I just thought it was funny because at the time I was very much, I you know, inwardly I, I was developing my sexuality, but I kept it to myself. And over time, that translates to now me being unable to be sexual in a way. And that feels very entrapping. Another thing that I would think a lot about as a problem was uh, just that I'm, I'm different. It feels as though the way that I talk, the way that I think, the way that I am at large is very atypical. It just, it's so different from what the majority of people are like. And I, I'm the rarest Myers-Briggs personality types, INFJ. It, this, this disconnect between me and the normal people, or the supposedly normal people, gave me a feeling that I, it just would be difficult to find the right person for me in a romantic and intimate sense. Just the simple fact of being inexperienced as well can feel entrapping. Without that experience, what are you supposed to build on? How are you supposed to even start? I mean, without the ability to view having a crush on someone and being sexual as a normal good thing, that's just impossible. Another fairly large component of the trap is something that's more seasonal or uh, locational, geographical, maybe, and that's meeting people. Living in New England, you can experience the four seasons, and there are some seasons in which meeting people is just so difficult. Primarily, I've been using dating apps to try to meet people, and in the wintertime, it always sucks. Nobody wants to go out, nobody's swiping, and the seasonal affective disorder, that's there, and that makes me not want to do anything. So, it can be difficult at times, and that's probably why uh, the first two takes of this episode were probably so bad, because I was just in a seasonal emotional slump, and now I'm pulling myself back out of that. I don't want to forget to mention, uh, seasonal-wise, holidays. Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving, those holidays are a great time to go and see family. It's also a great time to see family uh, of, or to meet the family of a person uh, that you're dating. And I, I see that a lot in my friends, or my friends like, oh, we're going to visit my girlfriend's family. Oh, we're driving down to see my boyfriend's family. Yeah, that's great. That's, and I'm happy for them. Which is, I, I think that would be a neat thing to do. It would be nerve-wracking, but having, having family outside of your own immediate family is, it, it seems like a wonderful thing. And then, after the whole New Year's thing, there comes up Valentine's Day. And this one can be especially difficult because I, it's just all over the place. I can't go into the pharmacy without being bombarded by decorations and boxes of chocolates. I 
don't like the corporatism of holidays in general. Uh, Valentine's, I think, it's a, it, it's a double whammy because it does that corporate bullshit. But also, it's like, huh, people in relationships, you can celebrate this holiday. Everybody else, you're on your own, kid. That sucks a little bit. It also relates to uh, being different, being strange, but I don't really have clubs or anything I go to, any organizations where you can meet people. None of my hobbies are really great for being social. And I've said this a couple times uh, about being such a unique person or different. I really don't mean that uh, in a narcissistic way. I don't think it makes me better than anyone. It's just the way I am. Everybody is unique in their own way. I just It feels as though I'm a little bit extra. And because of that, people who do know me as a friend and, and do understand I'm a little different... It seems as though them introducing me to somebody would be the best way that I would end up meeting potential romantic partners because they would have an idea of the people who I would be compatible with rather than complete strangers on dating apps. And I understand that it's a weird thing to say to your friends, hey, I'm single, you have any uh, friends of the opposite sex of me who I might be compatible with in a romantic sense? Maybe it isn't weird to ask, I don't know, but it my gut tells me that it is weird to ask. So I, at times, meeting new people can be a real challenge. It can be a, a big element of what makes the trap feel like a trap. And finally, there's uh, my appearance. I, I have I have weird weird things with my appearance. Uh, it might even be a separate issue from the sexuality thing entirely. But I, I would look in the mirror uh, as a younger man, not a not necessarily as a, a a kid. I don't really know if I cared all that much. Uh, but as I got older and I started to care more. I looked in the mirror and just was not, it's not that I thought it was ugly, but I just did not see somebody who was attractive to me. And maybe I'm just not my own type. But it made me afraid that women wouldn't see me as attractive. And I have had many a, uh, a fashion blunder throughout my time, and they have been pointed out to me, but I still feel as though there is some element of the way I dress that just would not be conducive for looking like somebody who could be your romantic partner potentially, if that makes any sense at all. You know, I can write all those things down. The my appearance, the lack of experience, uh the very few avenues of which I can meet people, me being a very a unique person, I can write all those things down and say, yep, those are, that's why I feel trapped. And now I have to think, is it actually a trap? Are any of these elements actually something that holds me back? Or do I just feel like I'm held back? And I'm sure you know the answer by now.
I only feel held back for the most part. And uh, it did make me feel good to start to look at those things and think about them and look at the opposing points for why those things weren't contributing to an actual trap. So yeah, I'm I'm weird. I know I'm different. I know the way I think and talk is different from most people. I know the things I like to do aren't typical. But that is, I think, one of my strongest traits. It's something I'm proud of. I'm proud of being able to be an engineer and also an artist and to be able to cook and to be able to care for animals. I have a lot to offer. And honestly, that should be one of my, uh, one of the things that hopefully makes me a, an, an attractive potential mate, I guess, possibly. And I keep saying, I'm inexperienced. I, I didn't let my sexuality develop. I can't be sexual. That's just not true. There is a lot that holds me back from being um, sexual to a level that I would like to be, but I'm not totally inexperienced. Something as simple as your first kiss, I, I did have that experience. I was a, a, a senior in college, and it was something that just kind of happened to me. But she she didn't believe me when I told her I had never kissed anyone before. Even after we had kissed, she seemed kind of surprised. So I, 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 I do take that as a compliment. See, it comes naturally. It comes naturally to me. I, sh I should be out there kissing everyone. All sorts of crazy sex all over the place. I'm an animal. Well, I'm only joking about uh, me being an animal and kissing everybody. But I, I have... That wasn't a date that I experienced, but I have had good experience on actual dates. A few times I, I have felt uh, a, a real spark with somebody. Unfortunately, they didn't work out, but I did feel something. And I think it's possible that a spark can be very real, but in the end, you just don't work out. But the fact that I know that I felt it and it's there, that does give me hope. Because I know I have uh, some of the tools to recognize those things. Some things I still don't recognize. There was a date I had with somebody else at the end, uh, and I couldn't really see the signs, but at the end of the date, she, um, she kissed me, and I invited her up to my apartment. However, I, I mean, we, we didn't go further than first base, and I, I don't feel shame about that. I do feel bad because I'm starting to think maybe she might have been a little insulted by that, but I, I just did not have the capability to go further. I, I'm still working around that. And another big thing of the things that makes me feel trapped but I know is kind of uh, BS is my appearance. I was, hell, I, I was attractive enough for that woman to kiss me, I was attractive enough for my first kiss and for that other time that things... I, I, I'm not unattractive. I've been called a, a handsome man from time to time. I remember one incident. I was uh, in a grocery store with my dad getting a couple things and uh, there were some girls in 
like the line next to us and the at the express checkout and I didn't pay any attention to them but as we were walking out my dad says to me did you not see that I said no what are you talking about well those girls in that line next to you were checking you out so clearly I am attractive enough for enough people in the world and by golly I, I'm probably turning around on looking in the mirror and not feeling good I'm looking in the mirror now and I'm I'm seeing something there. I'm seeing an ability to be attractive. I used to be so dis uncomfortable. I used to be so uncomfortable with my body as a kid. I, I would have to wear swimming shirts when I went swimming because I just did not want to expose my naked chest and back. That was just weird. But I look at myself naked in the mirror now and I see how far I've come. I'm not a little tiny skinny little skinny twig boy anymore. I have more mass, I have more definition, and I feel good. I, I can I know that the work I've been putting in is paying off and I like to see that and I like to feel good. And even if I do stop working on myself physically and not necessarily like let myself go and eat a bunch of junk food, I'll probably slip back into being skinny. And I think I can still feel good about myself even in that form. The thing with meeting people, though, and not having many opportunities or ways to meet new people, that, I think, is a very uh, a very real thing. It's a complex issue because there's the seasonal element, there are the dating apps element, there's the element that is totally unexplored for me, and that is meeting people in public or joining a club and trying to meet people there. It's just not something that I have explored much, and... I mean, we'll see if I end up doing that. Um, but during the right season, I have had um, luck in, in meeting women on dating apps. So it's not a totally hopeless thing. Uh, but there are times when it can feel very limiting and very entrapping. But when I actually do meet somebody like actually face to face after we've talked a while on dating apps and I'm I'm finally I feel comfortable and I feel like we have enough of a uh, social connection where a date wouldn't be a total disaster when I do finally meet people I'm I'm not as nervous anymore I had a date at some point last year where I was totally calm but uh the, the other person, she admitted to me, you know, gosh, I'm a little nervous. And my hands were, weren't shaken. I was totally steady. And that, that was a, an eye-opening moment because I had made progress enough to feel comfortable starting these, these, uh, these dates, these interactions. And that's, that's good progress. So in looking at all of these elements that make up the feeling of being trapped and dismantling them or disproving them I'm starting to realize that I'm not as trapped as I think there are still things that are, are deeply embedded that I, I do need help in working on and that, that's particularly the uh, uh, trauma might be a strong word uh, but the trauma of being teased about having a crush on somebody. I think that's the, the primary cause of a lot of the problems I have with 
confidence and um, feeling like it, feeling like it's not okay to be sexual. But these other things, I mean, I, I've shown that I am capable of small smaller levels of intimacy. I may not be able to do the full the whole nine yards, the whole kit and caboodle, but the ability to do the lower level starter stuff, I'm not totally dumb. I'm not incapable. The ability is within me. I need to draw it out. And I know that I can do it. Well, that's the end of of my notes. And I didn't really give myself a good opportunity to close out this episode. But uh, So I might improv a little bit. But there's also something else at the bottom, kind of detached from those notes, about loneliness. Loneliness isn't necessarily bad. Yes, it's a negative emotion, but the fact that you're experiencing it isn't always bad. And I, I will look, I'll look at grief as a good, um, a good parallel. Grief can be, grief is a negative emotion. It's, it's sadness, it's pain. But in the end, it's a, it's a feeling of, of loss, of great loss, and you've lost something that you value a lot. It's praise for what you've lost, for that person or that that pet that you lost in your life. It's praising the impact they had on you and how much they meant to you. It's an expression of love. And loneliness isn't necessarily an expression of love, but it's an expression of, of something positive deep down. And it's an expression of what? What do you think? If you had to, and maybe you decide that, that there is uh, nothing, but if you had to to come up with that, that uh, analogy of grief is to praise of love as loneliness is to blank. You know, fill in that blank. Sentence, word, I don't know. Fill it in. Tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I think uh, once I give myself a minute to think about it. Maybe it's just for me, and maybe I'm giving myself too much credit, but loneliness feels like an expression of potential love. And that potential, when it turns into something real, isn't codependence or desperation it should be creating something mutually beneficial something where two individuals can help build each other up without building each other up codependently so I guess what I'm trying to say is as the person I am I feel as though I have great potential for wonderful relationships but in order to realize that full potential and to see it become something real, there's still a couple extra things in myself that I, uh, that I need to work on. And I think I'm going on the right path. It's been a long path, and it probably is a very 
long and unclear path ahead, but I'm, I'm still traveling. I'm still working. That's the most I can do. If there's anything you'd like me to elaborate on, if you have any uh, points of your own or any counterpoints, if there's ideas that you liked, ideas you didn't like, anything else you'd like to share about this topic, uh, feel free to share it with me. And with your permission, I'd love to bring it up and talk about it a little bit in the next episode, if you want. I don't have to. If you know me in person, you know how to get in touch. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Nautilus Studios. That's N-A-U-T-I-L-U-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Or at NautilusStudios.com, spelt the same way. That said, this brings us to the end of the episode about the loneliness trap. I'm not trapped. And I sure hope you aren't either. Even if you are, I'm sure you can find a way out. I know I have before. And I'm confident I'll be able to do it this time. Have a good day, good night, good evening, wherever and whenever you are. Love you all. <laughs>